Hey folks, Dean Douglas here. Welcome to the Simple to Understand podcast. I am your host. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. Uh, Just a couple of things before we dive into the episode. First, this episode is also watchable over on my YouTube channel as well as at www.simpletounderstand.com. And another note worth mentioning is that this episode is a quickie slash bonus episode where it's going to be... Uh, I hope to do a lot more of these. They're typically going to be, I think, around under 20 minutes, and uh, they're going to explore various topics around business, entrepreneurship. In this case, today's episode, my buddy Martin Addy, who also goes by Marty, and I talk about how to set up shares in a company, Um, and I hope to demystify maybe some preconceived notions around different topics or areas around starting businesses. And uh, another note worth mentioning is that we are not lawyers. You should definitely consult legal advice from a lawyer. We are simply business owners sharing our own experiences in hopes to shed light on some of this stuff when it comes to setting up businesses. And uh, there's also show notes, definitions of some terms that we talk about that maybe you might not be familiar with over at www.simpletounderstand.com. That's it for me. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Marty, thanks for joining me on a, a quick, a quickie podcast episode. Diener, my pleasure, buddy. So I thought we'd just dive right into it, and this is a, a very relevant topic off the top of my, or, or just currently, you know, I'm going through incorporating my business, and we had spoke last week about while I was going through the incorporation process, um, I, I came across a section that I was like, oh, I'd never thought about this before. And that was shares and how to set up shares in a company. So I called you, you were very helpful. And I thought this is actually would be a great short, quick episode to talk about shares. So I, I was hoping we could just start by asking you about the difference between the two different types of shares that most companies, if you're like a one person, uh, or just like a small business that incorporates, what are the two different shares and can you explain the difference between the two? Yeah, I'll certainly do my best. Uh, I'm no lawyer and a lawyer would be the one to consult if you actually want to know what's going on, yes, but I can, yes. uh, I can, I can give my, my, my spin on it as I understand it. Yes. Um, so typically whenever you set up a new corp, uh, regardless of how you do it, and it's not nearly as complicated as it's made to sound, so you usually have preferred shares, which are people call prefs, or common stock or common shares. Um, you can also have non-voting shares as a third and separate class, um, but more often than not, you don't need it um, unless you're going to have a, a very complicated share structure or you're doing some sort of IPO or something. But if you're just a, uh, a simple startup and you need to incorporate, keeping it simple and flexible would be, um, would be my recommendation as I... Uh, as I kind of suggested to you, because that's what I did this time around and it definitely helped. So more often than not, um, you could set up A's, B's, and C's. And this only applies to Canada. I have no idea how it works in the States. Um, But A A shares, B shares, and C shares, essentially that just gives you the flexibility to pay different amounts of dividends to different shareholders or have different amounts of voting rights to different shareholders. Um, the last piece would be, uh, if the, if the corporation is ever dissolved, 
there is a um, the the assets of the corporation would be would be dissolved to certain to the certain share classes as well, right? And that's usually not prefs. So let's say you have you're setting up A's and B's in your corp when you incorporate, and it's really just paperwork when you do your articles of incorporation. Um, it doesn't cost more to have multiple share classes, um, but keeping it simple would be what you'd want to do. So you could have, let's say you set up A's and B's and you have A common and A preferred, B common, B preferred. Common is your voting. Uh, preferred is probably where you dividend, but you can also just have one class of shares entirely if you choose, which would just be your A common stock. So you can issue an unlimited number of those shares, but generally starting with a number like 100, I think makes a lot of sense because now you, you have the option, if you ever wanted to sell equity in your company, you could either reissue new shares and you, all you have to do for that is just say that the share class is the number you're allowed to, to uh, issue is unlimited. So now Dean has 100 A shares of Dean Company, uh, D Dean Co. Inc. Yeah. And if, if I want to own half of Dean's company because he's printing so much money and I just need a piece of the action, yeah. uh, let's say I wanted half, we have the option to either issue 100 of those same shares from the company or he could sell me 50 of the 100 shares that he owns. The big distinction there is just tax treatment, ultimately. Uh, because if you want to dispose of your shares, let's say you purchase those shares in the company for a dollar each when you set up the, cor the corp, you've worked so hard, your company is now worth a million or $10 million, let's say, and I want to buy half, so I have to cut you a check for five mil, which isn't a big deal, right? It's Wednesday. Yeah. And so, yeah. so now you get to use your, your capital gains exemption when you dispose of your, of your shares to me. So if the comp, if the corp just gives me a hundred shares, you don't get to, to sell your shares, but let's say you want to dispose of half your shares. Uh, I buy them for 5 million bucks. You bought them for virtually nothing. So the capital gains exemption in Canada, you know, at the time of recording being 2020 is about 800 K uh, give or take per person. So now you would get to use your $800,000, um, capital gains exemption. So you would get $800,000 of ultimately tax-free um, tax earnings. You can only, you get, it's a lifetime capital gains exemption. You only can do, only can do it once. But that's why I say um, keeping it flexible at the start is, is wise. Now, suppose, is this, is this where you want to go with this? Mm -hmm. Mind yep. if I keep rambling? Yep, keep going. This is beautiful. Excellent. This is good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's right. Somebody, somebody fact check this shit before you publish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so then let's say um, you, in our agreement, um, I'm going to own half of the A shares with you because we're going to have half and half voting. That's the common stock. So common stock is the voting. Um, I, own, I control half, you control half. Uh, it's a stalemate, basically. It's actually not the not a structure I would ever recommend, but uh, 50, 50. it is common. And yeah, and for the sake of argument, this is this is what it is. Yeah. Um, so now, it's um, I'm going to have to work in the company now because you just exited and you took all your money. You're going to go chill on an island somewhere. 
So it's a, I'm going to get paid in dividends and you still want to be able to draw some dividends, but I'm going to be able to draw more dividends than you because I'm working in the corp. And that's just what we decided in our agreement. So what we would also probably do is just issue say uh, A prefs or, or even, or B prefs, let's say preferred shares and each take um, a different amount of them or sorry, uh, the same amount, but of, of, of the different class. So let's say I take a hundred of the B's, you mm. keep a hundred of the A's for preferred mm. shares. Mm. So now we have two different dividending class. Um, that's useful because when we declare dividends and pay ourselves out of the company, um, we don't have to dividend equally, which we would have to do if we only had one class of, of preferred shares or even just the common stock, if we only had that and we dividend out, if I have half and you have half, every dollar that's dividended out of the company has to go in equal proportions to the shareholders within that class. Mm-hmm. So the B's, you know, I could, I could cut a, a dividend check to myself for 5,000 bucks and we're, we're completely within the law by not, if we don't have to dividend you anything. Similarly, we, you can draw a bunch of money out of the A's and not have to worry about paying me. So it allows you flexibility there. Yeah, and I know when I set up my incorporation, I asked you, well, how many shares should I issue and what should the price be? And you pointed out something that's very good and I double-checked it on on Dr. Google. That's smart, that's what's smart. Yeah, double-checking that, double-checking whatever comes out of my mouth is wise. And, um, and that was in the beginning, it doesn't matter what you put the value on the shares. Um, because it's, it's not like, so in, so for example, I think I did a hundred shares at 10 cents each. Um, so it was $10 in total. Um, but down the road, if I wanted to sell those shares, they could be a lot, they could be worth more than 10 cents. Ideally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The value is going to diverge. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. the difference between the 5 million that I have to pay. Uh, and, and if I'm again, like, so let's stick with that, that theoretical transaction where if I buy from you, that nominal amount doesn't really matter. You know, it, it isn't so important to the, on the corporation side right. because right, I'm not, I'm not actually putting any money into the corporation if I'm paying them to you. Suppose we want to do the other way. You decide you want to keep your lifetime capital gains exemption. So you're going to save that for later. Um, and I am going to take a hundred shares from the treasury, from the company, right? So you have a hundred uh, class A common stock. There's no other shares issued. Now we issue me a hundred class A common stock. I, whatever the number that we decide is the market value of those shares the nominal value could, could stay the same. So I could pay the 10 bucks for the nominal value of the shares, but then I also owe, you know, 10 bucks less than 5 million for the real value. And that goes into just an, an account on your books called paid up capital. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have, you actually gave a really good analogy too when, um, cause I was just learning all these terms and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like you can kind of get lost in the, the law jargon of it. And, uh, you gave a good bean analogy. Do you remember what you said? Oh, you, you have to, you tell me. I think it was like, it, it, it's not, it's not as complicated as you think. I think it's like, think of the hundred shares or whatever as like a yeah, hundred sure. beans. And yeah, if you have a hundred like, beans in a jar, right. right? 
Yeah. yeah. You could take a hundred beans and put another hundred beans in the jar, or you can, right. You could, you could give me half of your beans, but at the end of the day, like all of these terms are created, right. So accountants and lawyers have things to argue about uh, and also to protect everyone, right. Like someone could misinterpret how we understand beans, but thankfully there's a, you know, we have a, a thousand years of, of legal precedent to make sure no one misunderstands shares. Yes, yes, exactly. But I like that analogy. It was simple for me to visualize a hundred beans in a jar. And then if I wanted to sell 50 of those to you um, and the value of beans increase as my company grows, that, that made it, um, that was just a really simple analogy that I think for people that are not aware of setting up a business and they might get overwhelmed with all these different technical terms, there's a way to I, my attempt is to make them simple to understand. So, and it really um, is, man, it really is simple. Like, I think you, you used a a process called what, what was the online? I used, uh, I used owner O W N R dot com. Which you recommend, right? I would recommend them. And this isn't a sponsored post or anything. And I will put a note in the, in the intro of this, episode saying that we are not lawyers these are not this isn't legal yeah, this advice. is not legal advice fact check all of this shit for yourself yes this is just my very rudimentary understanding of it yeah and, and I, you said a, beans in a jar for god's sake <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but i think you need to also yeah. make this stuff simple to understand like when you go into a bank and you talk to a, an advisor they throw out a lot of terms at you it's like yeah, if we, you take 100 beans and you get three more beans a year <laughs> Right. For letting them hold your hundred beans, <laughs> yeah, a little easier exactly. than talking about APR and all their yeah. GICs and some other acronym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my attempt with with shares in setting up uh, a company. And this this I believe this does not apply to a sole proprietorship. Is that correct? Entirely different. Yeah, and same yeah. same with a partnership. Um, right. I have no experience with those but legally they're different. Like the, the purpose of the corporation is that you're limiting your, your personal liability. So yes. as you found out when we went on, we had to still be, three, you, had to, you had to at least occupy two of the officer positions. Is that right? I think it was three. Two or three, you could set three up, maybe? You can set up, I think, five positions. So for me, um, and before I go into this, I want to preface it with, the reason why I decided to incorporate as opposed to doing a sole proprietorship is so that my personal assets are not a liability. They're not at risk. So when you incorporate, you kind of, you protect your personal assets. Precisely. Yeah. And that doesn't happen with a, like a limited liability partnership or a sole proprietorship. You know, you still have unlimited, um, with the sole, you still have unlimited personal liability. Um, now I'm with the, as a director of any corporation, you still have, uh, you still have, uh, you can't, you can't be negligent, right? You still have fiduciary duty to the corporation, but you can't be negligent either, right? So you're still going to be personally liable for five things. I believe it's five, uh, CPP, Canada pension, right? EI, uh, any employment earnings, uh, GST and PST, right? So any taxes that you would have collected and not paid uh, and any corporate income tax. So GST, PST together and then any corporate income tax that you owe, 
directors are fully liable for those personally. Same thing if you're negligent, if you knowingly, uh, you know, make your staff, right, go up a ladder and you don't have insurance and it's, they put, a, you know, a ladder on top of a ladder and you force them to do it and you held a gun to their head, right, or whatever negligence, you're still personally liable for that. It doesn't give you the carte blanche to be an asshole. It just means that if the corporation goes under, Dean doesn't lose his house or, or you know, or his wife's house or what have you, right? You don't, you don't have any personal financial liability if you did everything that a reasonable uh, a reasonable person would do you know to 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 save harm yeah that's a good point definitely that uh yeah and if yeah don't walk out the ladder if your boss tells you to do that crash course yeah you're looking at the time like you have a boat to get on yes yeah exactly (laughs) yeah totally um okay well i think we'll wrap it up here i think that's like enough new information for for people to digest and then um then maybe we could do a round two talking about um about other stuff business business related new i'd like that owners that start up that start up i think there's there's a lot of this stuff that is not talked about and you don't learn about it until you go through the process so that is the best way to learn it really for sure it is yeah but if you can help simplify things a bit to encourage people to do it, right? Cause it really isn't that complicated. None of it yeah. is right. Yeah. It's just, it's just selling things for more than you buy them and making sure that you check the legal boxes required. And most of the, even the legal stuff, you know, like even uh, taxes, uh, payroll slips, like all of the CRA and GST or PST, uh, all that stuff is not nearly as complicated as the $500 bill you'd get from your accountant would make you think that's right yeah yeah well yeah, yeah there's i'm a moron and i can do it <laughs> you are not a moron you know your stuff <laughs> yeah i'm a moron and i can do it i swear to god you can too there's pages on the internet you just follow it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally check uh oh yeah and we'll we'll just wrap it up there that uh cool, man. that's great so thank you for explaining the difference between those and uh and for sharing the bean analogy, because I appreciate that simple analogy. So thank you very much. Thanks for, yeah, always, always fun to chat, man. Have a great yeah. weekend. Yeah, you too. Take care. Yeah, see ya. Enjoy the lake. Yeah, you bet. See ya. Bye, Dean. Hey, folks, Dean Douglas here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Or if you want, you can also watch this episode over on my YouTube channel and over at simpletounderstand.com. I hope you guys found this valuable. Please leave a comment, rate, and review this episode on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. And be sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform uh, you are listening on as well, as we will be cranking out a bunch more of these short bonus quickie episodes and i hope you guys found this valuable let us know other topics that you think we should explore and uh, you can also reach out to me over on twitter at d douglas stu and uh, finally just a reminder show notes definitions resources links to this episode are over at simpletounderstand.com head on over there and check it out until next time Take care. Cheers.